Hello everyone, welcome to Out the Airlock. Steven, Justin, and I are here. And we're going to talk about a 1987 movie titled Fatal Beauty. Uh, Fatal Beauty was released on October 30th, and again, 1987 in the United States. The movie stars Whoopi Goldberg, Sam Elliott, Ruben Blades, and Charles Lee Ray, also known as Brad Dorif. The movie was written by Bill Savnow, Hilary Hilkin, and Dean Reisner. And the film was directed by Spider-Man Tom Holland. So that's kind of cool. I don't know how that one worked out. But um, from, I am obviously not Spider-Man. Well, he'd be negative 10. So I think it's safe bet. He he traveled through the Spider-Verse and went back in time. That's my headcanon. Uh, from the IMDb film description, the movie is Rita is a tough narc cop with a with a wig for every occasion. Outside a drug heist scene with several bodies and a hardly cut fatal drug, fatal beauty. She finds a troll construction van with a dead Kroll employee in it who is Kroll. That's basically straight from the IMDb. Basically, it's a movie where she's a cop. She's narc. She's trying to stop a drug called fatal beauty which is basically like super cocaine i guess that's exactly what i was gonna call it <laughs> it's it is improperly cut cocaine yeah it's they they say it in the movie that the that particular brand ha- it's actually actually it's uh, actually kind of topical it had too much fentanyl in it so Yes, because yeah, like the guy who cut it was was <laughs> high. He was high. He was laughing like an idiot. Um, and they actually, he was not stoned. He was fossilized. He was he, gone. He was, he was like a, a tree in the red in the, in the petrified forest. Yeah. <laughs> um. So some 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 fatal trivia here. Uh, apparently, Cher nice. was signed the star. However, she dropped out to star in Moonstruck instead, which was probably a good call on her part. Uh, director Tom Holland later admitted that Fatal Beauty was to expand his range as a filmmaker, uh, but that Fatal Beauty Fatal Beauty was a mistake initially. In air quotes, he says. And with Cher bowing out early on, he says that is some something he should have done. He should have left as well, I think, is what he was implying here. Um, apparently, Tina Turner was considered for a role, as was Billy Dee Williams. He was all he was considered for the role of Mike Marshak. So that would have that would have been actually kind of cool, actually. Yeah, welcome to the cool yeah. side of. The all right. Yeah. I mean, I think that would have been cool because uh, Mike Marshak is actually the role played by Sam Elliott, and yeah. I would have worked with them. Um, I mean, he doesn't love Billy D. Williams. I mean, two years after this, is he would have he went on to play uh, Harvey Dent and Tim Burton's Batman, and sadly we never got to see him become Two Face. So that would have been cool. Um, so, according to Brad Dorif, who's everyone's favorite psycho killer, because, you know, I don't think he's ever played a good guy. I'm not a suitor was a good guy that, later. But that sounds right. <laughs> he was a bad guy. He was a murderer, a, a murderer in Star Trek Voyager, even though he does go out heroically. I mean, he was, he was Chuck. He used big. his serial killer powers for good. Yeah, he used a serial he, he literally killer. did. <laughs> he played a serial killer Beta Z in uh in Star Trek Voyager, uh Betazoid. Um according to Brad Dorif uh, and t- this is from tvtropes.com or I'm sorry, dot org, uh Whoopi and Tom Holland clashed uh ever since the first day. Um I actually tried to look more into this just to see what all that was about, because that's all I've found was that line. They had they had clashed from day one, but I never saw like I never I looked it up and I, I maybe I just didn't go deep enough. 
but I never saw anything about why they clashed. So I don't know any more about that. Hmm. Um, one of the writers, uh, uh, Dean Reisner had screenwriting credits for two dirty Harry films and uncredited on one. And, and so that was like dirty, dirty Harry, the enforcer and sudden impact that he worked on. So this movie does have kind of like a make my day moment. Uh, originally this movie was going to be rated X, but was re-rated R on appeal. I did make a joke about removing of a sex scene that was filmed, but cut, but man, man, man. I'm tired of making jokes. Um, because there was a sex scene filmed with Sam Elliott and Whoopi Goldberg's character, but it was cut. Hmm. So this movie uh, was released three years after Beverly Hills Cop, which this film has been compared to. Uh, moreover, the movie was released the same year as Beverly Hills Cop 2, just five months apart, with Beverly Hills Cop 2, of course, being a box, box office hit. Uh, this one wasn't. So this one opened in 1,117 theaters, and according to Box Office Mojo, it only had a worldwide gross of just over $12 million. And a year after this film is when Brad Dorif was introduced into the world as Chucky uh, in the Child's Play movie, also directed by Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty much an unpopular movie with the critics, though. Robert Ebert, Robert Ebert did give it a review of three stars. However, Leonard Maltin, the man who gave Laser Blast two and a half stars, Laser Blast, Laser Blast. I know Justin knows Laser Blast. <laughs> Steve, I don't know if you know it. I only know it because it, it's been mentioned a couple of times on Good Bad Flicks. And, uh... it- the last Comedy Central episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Hmm. He called the film inexcusably awful with gratuitous violence and mind-boggling dialogue using an anti-drug message to rationalize its excesses. excesses. He gave Laser Blast two and a half stars. I don't think he has any credibility here because I don't really, I don't consider this movie, let's talk about this for a second on this trivia. Do y'all consider this inexcusably awful with gratuitous violence? I mean, I don't. Not not when you look at it with its contemporaries. Dude, I saw far worse in the 80s. Like, like, there are much more violent uh, movies than this one. Like look at Commando that came out. What was that? Eighty? I think that was when did Commando come out? I. The only reason I don't know that is because uh, this none of this stuff is. I do script out some of my stuff, but not okay. Commando came out. I was right. Nineteen. I was gonna say nineteen eighty-five. I just wanted to check. Uh, Commando came out nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, like, and you know what's hilarious? <laughs> look at the people who wrote that movie. Jeff Loeb. Yeah, um, Jeff Loeb. <laughs> Same guy that wrote Daredevil Yellow, Batman the Long Halloween. <laughs> Same dude. <laughs> I think he also wrote um, a Catwoman story arc called Win in Rome. Yeah. I know that, like Tim Sale. Yeah. I, like, I Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did a lot of. Stuff that was a really good story. Or, like,. I really don't see this. Just you. What do you? Th- what's your thoughts? Do you think this is uh, gratuitous and violence, Justin? All right. What happened? Uh, we gotta. Uh, you know. No, I'm I'll... here. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I was talking. I'm oh, sorry. That's weird. Um, it didn't no. Register. Yeah. My bad. Um, no, I was I was trying to say um, no. The problem with the movie is, in my opinion, all right. So this was this movie was my idea, so I take full responsibility. Now I watched this movie when I was a kid. I don't think I've watched this movie since I got like body hair. Like I think I was at least eleven years old last time I watched this. But <laughs> I remember it being decent, a decent action movie, and I kind of stand by that. Like 
the problem is it's inconsistent because in one scene you have Rizzoli shooting a guy in the booty and hanging him up in a freezer to get information out of him. And then in another scene, you have like 10 kids ODing in a house. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Dude. And then, yeah, this movie everything got dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's her backstory, her backstory, fine. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a valid backstory for her character. It shows why she's so hardcore about this. That's like, that's fine. Like, the only thing is, like, as an undercover detective, all that stuff is great. Her being a cop is great. But then every once in a while, some of this stuff gets, it does, it just veers a little too hard. Like, and I, I don't think it should have been Whoopi Goldberg's um, Beverly Hills Cop, but I think if they lean more into the comedy and less into the uh, children ODing on their parents' drugs, yeah, I think it, I think it would probably be more fondly remembered. Yeah, like, it did have weird, like, tonal shifts. And, yeah. and I will say that I will say this: the one thing that really bothered me about this movie from the get-go is the fact that I get it. The dude at the beginning of the movie is supposed to be a bad guy, and that's why Whoopi Goldberg's character goes after him in the first place. But did he have to say the n-word about forty-two times in a, in the span of a minute? For real. <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> My next point that you mentioned that, Stephen, I'm glad you brought that up. Did y'all, this movie's pretty racist. Uh, like a lot of racial. Yes. Uh, also, I, like this, there's a lot of racial jokes in this movie. Like that's crazy. Like I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not a prude and I like off color humor. I'm not going to lie, but Damn, with some of the stuff they said in this movie, like I would never cross that line. No, right? There it's was like... there was one. There's one insensitive joke that did kind of make me laugh, though. It's it's the bit where the uh, the Chinese, the old Chinese woman, is speaking in Chinese to the the Asian detective, and he's just like, uh huh, uh huh, yep. He cut out. He cut out. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. no. Good. What was the last thing you heard? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Um, uh-huh. And then the uh, other detective comes up and he goes, what's she saying? And the detective goes, how the hell should I know? I speak Japanese, not Chinese. And he goes, well, how big a difference could there be for Christ's sake? Like, like I shouldn't have laughed at that, but I laughed at that. Uh, but yeah, they... They really leaned into it here. But, like, I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like the salty detectives. I like the salty detectives. I like Rizzoli. I like the, I like the angry captain who's just constantly drinking Pepto-Bismol. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's a lot authors. of stuff in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of him. little things that just, like, add up to make this movie great. But then they're yeah. outweighed by like some ridiculously weird choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that punch out with the with Rizzoli and that mom when they're just constantly hitting each other. It's like put her in cuffs, lady. Like, <laughs> like you're a cop. <laughs> you are a cop. Put her in them. <laughs> Every right to arrest her for what she did. She literally gave her kids the drugs. I mean, you know what this movie really is a message on? The dangers of new Coke. (laughs) That was a terrible joke, but it's also kind of great, so I'm not mad at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she... Well, they do have something. They do both have something in common. Fatal Beauty and New Coke have something in common. They both hit the streets before they should have. Yeah, they (laughs) improperly labeled. Improperly labeled. Yes. 
the mom literally gave him drugs, and then she had this like quick turnaround, like, "Oh, I'm not a bitch anymore. Um, I'm gonna help you, Rizzoli." And I'm like, I, I, "What am I crazy?" Well, her son, her son attempting suicide probably had something to do with that. It's suicide. I do, I don't know. If ten kids were found dead in my house, I would probably not be at the tennis court. I'm just saying. The lie though, I really feel like. With the dead kid party scene, I feel like we missed a whole part of this movie. Like that should have been in there. Like I feel like we should have seen some of that. Because this is one of my criticisms. Tell me if you agree or not. Um, movie set like talks about how dangerous this drug is, but you don't really see it. Yeah, because you just see the aftermath. You see the aftermath, like. I think I wrote I wrote this down. I watched this. I did take some notes. I always, you know, and I'm not. This is the scene where they talk about the school kids dying, and plus the kids in the parting. Those scenes. Um, I think Rizzoli should have been at the scene of the the kids dying, and I think that would have tied into well, well into her. She should have been there. Yeah. To where her, it ties in with her existing backstory. Her backstory. Yeah. And then after her being home, breaking down when Sam Elliott shows up and they talk. Now, I also think they missed an opportunity because you had no idea she had a kid until she talked about it. Now, in with screenwriting, you show, you don't tell. So I think they missed an opportunity to have pictures of a little girl around the house but mm-hmm. no well that that yeah it's just like implied but not stated and then yeah. like when it when she sees the kids it like flashbacks to that sort of thing it would have yeah. been yeah it would have played out better but uh because that whole speech comes from a, a phone call that you don't even hear yeah. yeah and then i think that was a missed opportunity um that's what this whole movie is. I was going to say, like, this whole movie feels like missed opportunities. I think there should have been news, news clips in the background, like background noise of a radio or of the newscast talking about people dying from the drug and how widespread and how much of a pandemic Fatal Beauty is becoming. Because mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't all parts of Fatal Beauty that were bad. It was, it was just that one batch that was missed. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was all mixed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there are some writing issues that could have been fixed, like adding the portrait of a little girl like to her nightstand or say a picture of a little girl on her refrigerator since we see scenes in her kitchen. Um, and then that also would tie into the fact that why she's willing to help the teenager that threatened to kick her ass why she's so broken up about the school kids dying also mm-hmm. it it would build into that and and i know we're i'm you know hindsight's 2020 and we're looking back after we watch this movie um and i know this movie was like an anti-drug thing like the war on drugs was big in the 80s to just say no the dare program and so this movie was like hollywood's like uh let's show book drugs are buying play. And I think even like in Australia, if I remember reading correctly, this movie had an anti-drug PSA in front of it. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I feel like this movie didn't know what it wanted to be. I don't think it thrust the anti-drug message down your throat because in any movie that's like this, you know, drugs are bad. Like that's, that's going in. Um, what are y'all's opinions? I know I, I keep running at the mouth, and I'm sorry. Dude, it's your podcast. <laughs> I know it's my podcast, but I want to I want to be like equal. Let everyone talk. What? Go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It's fine. No, it's like uh, I mean, as far as the drug stuff, that didn't really bug me. It's like I saw plenty of stuff when I, we all did. We all saw plenty of things as a kid where it was like. Oh my God, cocaine! It's like yes, cocaine is bad. We we know this. Like it's it, we were just you know raised with a lot of these things, so that part didn't bug me too much. I mean, it's not like Seventh Heaven where they're like, oh my God, our baby is huffing, you know. 
the silver yeah. spray paint episode you know so the the drug stuff didn't bug me too much um so no i'm fine with this like i just think uh you know a few script changes and also i mean the director's saying that he should have run off like i don't know man i'm looking at the cast list the cast was good they, was he, good had a, he had a, yeah, the cast he had a lot of good cast. actors he had a lot of good actors he a few uh, quite a few of the scenes are actually pretty good like maybe he was just a shitty director i don't know like like a few script rewrites a few changes in the uh in the script and it should have been just fine mm-hmm. like uh one thing one thing i do want to say is like um uh brad durf and uh leo and earl the, the two main baddies are really good bad guys they are actually scary Oh yeah, Conrad Kroll. I am not scared of one bit. I am not scared 100%. of this man with his fleet, his fleece sweater, and his mall rent-a-cops. I'm not scared of them. Earl and Leo are fucking terrifying villains they because were. Earl is like a mad rabid dog. Like Earl's the big dude. Mm-hmm. He is scary, and Leo is scary. I think so, the main reason yeah. they were scary is because they weren't predictable. Like, no, they're fucking nuts. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you could not predict what they were gonna do. It was just like, yeah. oh, this is gonna get bad. Yeah. Uh, also, they have no. They have no. You don't ever hear anything about it. Like, he, every once in a while, you see like, oh, we got, we know who these guys are, but you never like. They never give you a backstory. You don't know what their priors are. All you know about these guys is they just got out of jail and they just ripped off some drugs and that's it. Yeah. That's all you know. They took out that flamboyant pimp at the beginning. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That was a scary scene when the, like they, they shoot the guard first and then those, the, the other people are just standing there like they don't know what to do. And that was, they're scary. So that's another thing. Like they had good villains, they had good actors. They mm-hmm. had like, I mean, like I said, just you know, touch up the script a little bit. It should have been fine. Dude, and I mean, I could watch Sam Elliott in anything. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like that dude. He's just like exudes cool. Like yeah, it's just like he shows up and you're like, oh yeah, like yeah. Roadhouse. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like he shows up and you know things are about to happen. Yeah. My my go-to Sam Elliott is out of Mask or Tombstone. So, yes. Oh, yeah. I, Tombstone, so. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, watching him flirt with Whoopi Goldberg is interesting. He's just staring her down like she is a, like, uh, I don't know, like a tray of spaghetti. He's like, gobble you up. Like, so he you're wants her so bad. <laughs> so you're Italian. I like Betty and God. Fondness for Italian ladies. Which is funny because that line was when originally it was going to be Cher or a white actress in the role, but then they cast Whoopi Goldberg, and then they just kept the line. That's fine. Dude, yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense, but. Sam Elliott saying it, so sure, why not? <laughs> well, they did the same thing in um, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Morgan uh, Freeman's Morgan Freeman's character was actually supposed to be a white guy. He was supposed to be Irish. Yeah, and uh, they cast Morgan Freeman, and they just didn't change the line, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's like sure, it's why like, not? Right that just means they gave the right actor the part. Like, like, yeah. I criticize this, the parts of this script, but none of the acting is bad in this movie. Like, Whoopi Goldberg's no. she plays. It's like you. The reason you're you're comparing. I think the reason most people are comparing this to Beverly Hills Cop because it's a black comedian playing a cop in a big city, going and with some comedy and drama mixed in. It's and, literally the same city. It's it's just different parts. It's Los Beverly Hills, and Beverly yeah, Hills, Los Angeles. Yeah. And this, and I'm not saying like, look, 
this kind of like and it's and it's not just because you know she's a black comedian being in a movie like this like eddie murphy was in beverly hills cop i think i think this kind of type of movie in the action genre just kind of became its own subgenre. so a mm-hmm. lot of these movies were the same regardless of who the star was yeah and, and i mean uh, it they came like Beverly Hills Cop two and this came out so close together that of course they're going to draw comparisons and of course because Beverly Hills Cop is already established it's going to be the one that comes out on top in the whole situation. Well, also, you got to remember Lethal Weapon was at the same time. I mean, that's a buddy cop, but it's still L.A. Mm-hmm. comedy action cop movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the same subgenre. It's kind of like how slasher films are a subgenre of the slasher film or of horror films. Like, not all horror films are a guy running around with a chainsaw and mask or a guy with claws. So yeah. it's like it's, a, it's considered a subgenre. And I think that this is just a subgenre, especially in the 80s. Like, this is just a subgenre of the action film. Like, it's not Die Hard, it's not Commando, it's, it's, it's like an action comedy. And I think oh, these people are just making the comparisons because it came out again within five months of Beverly Hills Cop 2. And she's a black comedian like Eddie Murphy and playing a cop. And it's like where she's a, a smart ass. But like, yeah, there's comparisons. And I, I know I'm probably sounding like a hypocrite by saying it's unfairly called that. But I just, I, th- I don't know. I just think it's dumb to, I just think it's dumb. Maybe it's just me being, um, maybe it could just be me, to be honest with you. Maybe I just am wrong, but I think it's just like similar movies come out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Captain Armageddon, we're very similar movies. So it's not uncommon, but yeah. I think it should be just judged on its own. Like it's, it's probably it's not well put together as Beverly Hills Cop one and two. Yeah, or three. Uh, oh, <laughs> I saw three in the theater. That movie's great. <laughs> I, I actually, I I do I do, I do want to say I I did write down I don't want to call it a Beverly Hills Cop clone. It kind of is, but not a total bad thing. And I'll be honest with you, this movie isn't that great as far as like pacing and how the script was put together. But it's shot well. It looks good. It makes me afraid to live in a big city in the 80s because I feel like I could step outside my house and get killed by something. Uh, (laughs) Which makes me glad I grew up in a small town in the 80s. When I I go to sleep at night, I'm going to check under my bed for Leo and Earl. Uh, I'll tell you, be serious with me. If you if you were to like look into a dark alley and you see a Jason mask and an Earl's face screaming, which one's gonna scare you more? I would run straight to Jason. I'd be like, Jason, take me. Let's do this. No, because <laughs> Earl's scary. Because <laughs> I was a kid, so I'd run towards Jason because uh, Jason wouldn't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because um, because uh, Jason didn't seem to kill any children in any of the Friday the Thirteenth movie. Granted, nope. granted that the only movie that has campers in it is Part Six, but yeah. So, um, Leo and Earl would. Leo Leo would have shot them up. He they probably yeah. He's he's the yep. reason they get the drugs in that one school scene that we never saw that we just heard about as a retelling of a phone call we didn't hear the other side too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leo would sell crack to a four year old. He don't care. <laughs> he does oh, not yeah. care. His uh and uh Earl was eating glass and spitting out the blood. Bro. Oh oh oh! I do want to. I'm sorry. Small piece of trivia. Um. Okay. So. The uh, in that glass eating scene, the big guy who is listed as Frankenstein uh, on the cast list that is actually Mark Pellegrino. Who, if anybody's a fan of Supernatural, he was Lucifer. If you're a fan of Dexter, he was uh, Rita's abusive ex husband. 
Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of the classic No Holds Barred, he was Rip, <laughs> a.k.a. Hulk Hogan's brother. Um, I just want to shout that out because, like, I saw him on here. I was like, Mark Pellegrini, I was like, sure. Because he was thick. That dude was, he was stacked. I did not expect him to look like that when he was younger because he's a, he's a big dude. But I like anyway, I just wanted to point that out. I like the fact that he likes backs down too pretty easily. Let's let's talk about Kroll for a second. He uh, was chewing down. glass. He was chewing glass. He let's, was let's, chewing let's, glass like it was candy. Let's talk about Kroll. So let's so let's, let me get what kind of super genius stages a drug sale at their fucking business, their mall they just opened. Oh dude, that that bothered me because it was like one on some level I was like, uh, that's really dumb, but also I was like, that's really brazen and just like you think you're untouchable when you do shit like that. And I no. was like, is that the kind of asshole this guy is? <laughs> I mean, it makes about as much sense as anything else because technically he does own the security. It is his property. You could probably find a more like out of the way place than the middle of a woman's clothing store on a Friday night because it looks pretty busy. (laughs) They literally just found a table, slapped the loofahs off of it, and were like, all right, drug deal time. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, um, Something else that. that Pellegrino was in. I just saw this. He was in Lethal Weapon 3. So I know we mentioned Lethal Weapon earlier, but he was in Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> turning into the Mark Pellegrino Appreciation Hour. Hey, that's okay. That's well, okay. He's, he's pretty well, good. Um, like, that's why well, he's had a career as long as he's had it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I tried looking up Mike Jolly the guy that played Earl, but like he hasn't acted since 99. He was, however, in an episode of Quantum Leap. And, um, Joe, you'll like this. He was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. So I know you'll appreciate that. Well, let me look. Let me look up. Um, <laughs> so All of a sudden, Joe's interested. Hey, I love me some Murder, She Wrote. Oh, you know what's funny? Um, he played a biker in Sister Act, another Whoopi Goldberg movie. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a... Uh, yeah, I think he was in a couple movie Goldberg movies. He was in oh, he was in Forrest Gump in the background. He's like he basically just went on to be an background background actor for like another ten years. Did y'all ever see the movie Three O'clock High? Yes, I love he that movie. I love that movie. I actually bought that on Blu-ray. I do want to talk about that movie one day on the podcast. <laughs> he was in one episode in 1991. <laughs> yep. And it was season seven, episode 18. Where have you gone, Billy Boy? It's about a ventriloquist is suspected of murdering a ruthless comedy club owner. <laughs> I love it, Joe. Well, had to look it up. He was like, I need to know which one this was. I need to know if I've seen it. I need to know if I've seen it. You know he's seen it. <laughs> he has to rewatch it. I have to rewatch it. I, that's true. I'm actually going through Murder She Wrote again right now. I'm watching season one. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I literally just looked up what episode of Quantum Leap he was on, so I can't. I'm not. I'm not fully judging you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I like how we. I asked to talk about Kroll, and Kroll is so uninteresting that we didn't talk about. That we Kroll. immediately <laughs> moved on. He is we so boring. Like, he's dumb. Yes, no. You know what? You know what? He did have one. He did have one. One cool scene when the end of the movie after the shootout, he's just brazenly walking through like the fire and the bodies, like that are just laying around from the shootout. And he's like, and you know, she has a gun pointed at him. He's like, oh really? Yeah. And he turns around with a gun in his hand. Like, what? What was that? He's <laughs> Dude. He's seriously, it just seems like he's one of those dudes that just does not care. He thinks he can get away with anything. 
So even if you put him in a situation where he's not getting away with the damn thing, he's still going to think that he's going to be able to get away with it. And it's like, dude, what is your deal? Yeah, he was he was a really shitty villain. Like, I have to agree with Justin. The real villains of this movie were Leo and Earl. Like, because they're the ones who stole the drugs. They're the one. Then he was just like, because they build him up like he's supposed to be this like big part, but he really isn't. Like, um, he's he isn't. Like Sam Elliott does more than he does in this movie because Sam Elliott's like he's not a bad guy. I'm Sam Elliott, and and you're like, I believe he's Sam Elliott. Let me put it this way: like you've seen the Last Dragon, you know how. Shonuff the Shogun of Harlem is like the bad guy, but also like the bigger bad guy is Eddie Arcadian. Kroll yeah. is like if Eddie Arcadian sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eddie Arcadian is actually a better villain than Conrad Kroll. <laughs> He's such a shitty villain. He's He's like, I'm going to get my security guard to follow Rizzoli around. And then they knock boots, but then they cut the scene. Dude, it's... Yeah. So I got to ask y'all, I talked to Justin about this earlier. Um, So I'm going to ask you too, Steven. Did Justin drop out? Yeah, he did. Damn, hopefully he comes That was Uh, weird. Yeah, I didn't even notice. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear a beep or anything, which is weird. I think eventually we're, we need to switch to a different app and then record it, and then I'll just upload it from my PC or something. I think that'll be better going. Like once I figure all that out. Yeah, because this happens a lot with this app, but um, but it's great. Um, I want to ask you this. So Sam Elliott says, I'm not going to see you for a while or something along those lines, which to me seems to apply that he's going to jail. Did you get that impression? Because I really don't see anything where he he broke the law except working for the guy. Right. I, I don't know if it was just more of like he was planning to do other shit and was like, look, I got some stuff to do. Or if he was literally going, I was a part of some of this shit and I'm probably going to jail i it it was very tenuous and ambiguous when that happened so i was like i don't really know yeah that's what i got because i was like he didn't seem like he broke okay justin's back um it didn't seem like he it didn't seem like he broke any laws so i'm like why is he going to jail i mean i know he's going to be in the hospital because he got shot and they telegraphed him getting shot like a mile away. Like as soon as he showed up to save her and it's like doing his gun thing, I'm like, oh, he's gonna get shot. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed yeah. more like that was on the checklist and they were like, Oh, he's gotta get shot right here. He's gotta get yeah. shot. Well so he's Justin- gotta get taken out so she can face the bad guy by herself. That's right. In- in in my favorite line of the movie, which is Kevlar, bitch, which I love it. I still love it. It's so dumb. <laughs> it really is. And Smith and Wesson asshole is a terrible comeback. Like Whoopi Goldberg can do better, dude. Um, all I know is the perfectly choreographed. I'm like I'm wearing a bulletproof vest dumbass kind of situation and then she just shoots him in the neck (laughs) yeah it's it's like way to telegraph it idiot (laughs) well i mean if you hang on you cut out smith and wesson asshole it's so dumb <clears throat> yeah just just like uh just just uh just just tell me what you're doing so i know not to shoot you it's kind of like it's kind of like in one of the in like screen three is like i'm wearing a bulletproof vest and that's what they're like at the end shoot him in the head 
right? Yeah, that's, that's been, what I was. It would have been Dewey. hilarious though if he pointed out the bulletproof vest and she like shot him in the dick. <laughs> I would have been like, that caps off this whole movie. <laughs> Perfect ending. Roll credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when they took out when they took out Earl. Earl was so uh, I was so sad to see him go because he's just like yeah 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 he just has this creepy ass laugh that he likes to do and I oh another thing the bad guys have infinite ammo turned on like they were oh, playing man. Turok in sixty four and put in bullets are our friend cheat code and. Like the only time they reloaded Dude, their weapons is for dramatic you effect. Cut. You you just gonna mention a <laughs> cheat code on an N sixty four game and act like that's not a deep cut? That's a deep I remember cut. I remember that one so clearly. <laughs> that was the one I went for every time. Bullets are our friend. Oh, uh, that needs to be a category in the show anytime somebody doesn't run out of ammo. We have a bullets are our friend. Dude, um, I- just like the end of Commando, yeah. Like Schwarzenegger just has infinite grenades, infinite. Oh uh, yeah, infinite rocket. Literally, the only time he switches that banana clip is when he's about to like shoot Rizzoli in the head. Yes, like one thing you can say about Earl, he's not a slow and meticulous person. He's very like impulsive. And of course, that's the minute where he's just like, no, 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 let's take our time. <laughs> right? <laughs> the one no. out of character moment. <laughs> yeah. No, in my, in my mind, uh, Earl would have just like grabbed something heavy and just gone for the head. Also, another thing, when the, uh, when the shelf falls over, she completely falls underneath it. Then uh, when they cut back to it, Magically, her head and hands are sticking out of it. <laughs> Continuity. Continuity errors. Yeah. Once again, that was the director's fault. I just want to say that. Dude, it also could be at the fault of the editors, too. That, yeah. too. And I sorry I so much. I'm trying to stop looking from that deep cut Justin gave with that N64 record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Turok had really smart Chico's that you can remember. <laughs> I'm going to start talking about Turok and Turok 2, Seeds of Evil. Not, the, uh, not me looking up Turok in 64 Chico's. <laughs> Game fact. Oh. oh, yeah. Konami. Oh, my oh. God. Oh man. Anyway. Oh. Is there anything about this movie that we didn't talk about yet? Like uh, I gave it my critical analysis. Uh I guess final verdict. Should it be thrown out the airlock? No. Medbay. Nah. Medbay for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just I think they could do better. Like it could have been done better. Like, um make it less. Uh, you know, I don't want to say like make drugs cool, but like you know, make it a little less dark. You should have yeah. should have let like, her temper the drama with uh, an even-handed comedy bit. Yeah, it, it, this got super dark in sections, and it was like Whoopi Goldberg being snarky and like you know having her own brand of humor was awesome when it worked. But there were moments where it just did not. <laughs> no. No. I think it's a good thing Tom Holland went back to directing horror with Child's Play. Because I really feel like I know Wes Craven tried to get out of horror too. And that probably, I don't think it worked super awesomely for him either, if I recall yeah. correctly. I mean, once you realize something is in your wheelhouse, it's like, go for that. Because then you know. Exactly what you need to do, the beats you need to hit, you know, and that's how you do it. Yeah, I would 
to see this rush to the med bay because while I do like this movie, even though with all its faults, and there are many in this film, oh, yeah. it's, it's not a bad movie. It's a very much, a, again, a product of its time, um, of the 80s. So you have to watch it going in with that. Two, I really feel like I wish someone would, I don't know if I want to say, you know, be like, oh, this needs a reboot or anything like that. But yeah, I would like to see this done again with, with all this, with more backstory put into it and more setup and more um, showing rather than telling. So yeah. that way you complete consistent film. But then again, with the incons- tonal inconsistencies, either have it be where she's a snarky, smart ass cop all the time. And then, but even then, if you did that, you could still have them where she shows vulnerability because people feel like you can't be vulnerable. That doesn't make, that makes you a weak character. Right. Being vulnerable is something mean, when, a weak character. It actually makes you a stronger character because you realize the things that hurt you and you learn to move on from them. Right. And it's like, you could show that like the reason why she's as snarky as she is is because she's using that to cover up the fact that she's vulnerable because of all this other stuff that happened to her in her life. And, exactly. and it's just like showing that dichotomy there actually fleshes out the character more and makes you actually care. Like, not that I didn't care about her in this movie. It's just, I could have cared more. I, that's I feel that I could have cared more. Like I could have cared more about her having a dead daughter if I had known, if I had seen clues to her having a daughter before the reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. Care and if she about... had mentioned it more than outside of that one scene. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my biggest thing. Like I don't really think the anti-drug message is thrown down your throat. Like. And again, I'm all for social commentary. I just, it's, it goes with how you do it. I think, I think as long as you're not beating someone over the head with it, you can tell a great allegory tale without putting a gun to someone's head and telling them what to think. And so I'm not against that. And I think this movie does lend itself to a, an allegory tale about the evils of narcotics and stuff like that. And that's fine. Um, I just, again, it just needs to, I just wish the, like Justin said earlier, the script needs, uh, some more punching up. Mm-hmm. We should have had a few more passes. Yeah. I mean, the skeleton is pretty good. It's just all the stuff they layered on top of it wasn't yeah. quite where it needed to be. So muscle that needed to be added and some fat that needed to be trimmed. Solid. Could yeah. Have better. <laughs> and uh, let me let Whoopi Goldberg uh, do a little more improv. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So, um, I gotta ask y'all a serious question. We'll wrap it up. Do you like my tie? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sorry. Uh, the bit uh, she needs to she would need to lock more pimps in a freezer. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, the deli scene where she's just intimidating the kid, even though he has a good three or four inches on her. Uh, th- yeah, this. Oh, when she, anytime she's cool. undercover, she's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that she was just like, yeah, the kid's bigger. And she's like, I don't care because I like, this is the kind of person I am. I'm going to go after you because I know it's the right thing to do. And it's like, that is perfect character building. And it could have been that way through the whole movie. (laughs) Cause he, she's like, Again, she was great in this movie. It's just she did the best with what they all did the best with what they had to work with. Yeah. And maybe that's what they clashed. Maybe she didn't like the direction and I think and maybe she didn't like the script. I mean, that's just my opinion and a, th- a theory, but Yeah. I'm so glad that the cat survived. <laughs> Go ahead, bust me. 
I don't want to bust you. I want to go home and eat my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just love it. It's like I just I, a lot of her a lot of her stuff. I just love it. She's just really Whoopi Goldberg is a really good actress. Yeah, she, a lot of that stuff was really good. There's a reason that she was an actress for like decades. Yeah, because she was good, and I feel like yeah. a lot of the bones of the character she played in Sister Act was because that's how she is. Because you see some of that in this movie. Yeah, I agree with y'all. Yeah, so well, we I... all agree. We all agree. It seems like we're not all in agreement. I disagree. <laughs> Sorry. So I guess that's uh, pretty much wraps it up this week with, or this month for uh, Fatal Beauty. Uh, next month is going to be Stephen's choice of movies, right. so we each take turns. And I actually have my pick for next month, if you guys <laughs> know it. What uh, is it? Yeah. No. It's on Tubi. It's a movie I used to love when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it in like 25 years. It's oh my called, god, just like Fatal Beauty. It's called Dead Heat. <laughs> Dead Heat. Yeah. Dead Heat. It's a buddy cop movie where uh, the, You're talking. uh it's it's got Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams in it. And uh, Treat Williams ends up becoming a zombie and his character's name is Roger Mortis. That's all you need to know. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that one. (laughs) I've seen reviews of this movie. I wanna I've been wanting to watch it. (laughs) Well I already got my next one picked out so we just gotta so if uh, Joe has his figured oh yes we just need the time. I'm gonna tell you what mine is because I, I I'm gonna do it because I want to make myself watch this and I want to talk about it with y'all. We're gonna do the stuff. Oh man, the I haven't stuff. seen that movie in a long time, and it's nice going from like we're skipping across a lot of genres here, dude. Going yeah. into a horror, yeah. It's <laughs> not strictly sci-fi anymore. I want to talk about a little bit of everything. Well, uh, okay, I'll just I mean. Uh, bump it we're already here um uh i'm sticking to uh my 80s like action okay there's this movie called blind fury oh dude starring howard that's one of my Rugger Howard as a blind dude with a sword (laughs) yes it's so like ridiculous it's awesome yes bruce Bruce lee's dead sir get his brother (laughs) And that's on Battle, which I think is funny. Yeah. All, All right. right. Sorry. So we got to play it. That's great. So that's our next three episodes. We're going to do um, Dead Heat, <laughs> The Stuff, and we're going to do. Um, I just looked it up. I'm so bad. Blind. What was it, Justin? Blind. Blind Dark? Fury. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Yeah. <laughs> three so stick to stick around for um for more out the airlock so i just want to welcome uh thank you all for listening and uh good night good night kevlar bitch